You're listening to Trail Correspondence presented by The Trek, a media company dedicated to long-distance backpacking. Get even more at thetrek.co. Correspondence once more. I am Moron, and this is episode 5 Expectation versus Reality. Picture in your mind's eye an ideal version of time spent in nature. It's likely not raining and warm, but not hot. Perhaps a perfect cooling breeze supportively buffets your face while you climb a challenging but not impossible ascent. You may find yourself surrounded by lush green foliage peeking out from which you spot rare and beautiful wildlife that is so unafraid of your presence as to be practically posing for you as you snap a magnificent photo. If only every day could be like this. Though trail life is a certain kind of escape, it is definitely not a wholesale entrance into a fantasy reality free from the doldrums and discomforts of everyday life. And while it's easy to romanticize thoughts of living in the woods for an extended period of time, as the days become weeks become months, one is quickly disabused of these flights of fancy. In this episode, our correspondents place their preconceived notions about life on trail up against their lived experiences. A sharp contrast here provides a certain type of clarity, painting a clear picture of what a very long walk in the woods actually involves. Let's throw it to our correspondents. Abby here. Now I am known on trail as, well my full trail name is Second Pudding, uh, but I'm often going by the nickname Puds. And I'm reporting into you from a little farm in Quincy, yeah, Northern California. More on that later. So my expectations for this hike were pretty big. I mean, obviously how could they not be? Travelling across the world to the grand old American West with the desert and the Sierra and everything yet to come and the scenes in nature was you know setting up to be pretty phenomenal and it definitely has been um i was expecting the actual hiking to be my favorite part of the day but quite quickly i realized that that wasn't the case um quite yeah quite often the hiking is just the means to get to the more fun stuff um i love being at camp camp is my favorite time of the day i love cooking with people I love cooking on my tiny little stove, just getting to relax in the nature. Big fan of the cowboy camp. Um, so that is, of course, part of that. And then towns. I mean, town days are the greatest. Walking into a town. Wonderful. <laughs> I've um, I've been struggling to eat enough. So town food has been my, uh, you know, it's big. It's days in town are just food tours for me. Um, but the first few weeks were significantly more emotionally difficult than I had anticipated. Physically, I was doing fine. I was finding the mileage easy, the climbs and bigger sense were a lot easier than I imagined that they were going to be. Um, miles were coming easily, coming quickly. But I was uh, really worrying about the social side of the trail. Um, why hadn't I found a really good tight-knit group yet? I mean, I was three days in, which now seems so quick to even be worrying about this. Um... But I was, and I was hiking with a group of really nice guys that I'd met at Scout and Frodo's, but they were wanting to go slower than me. And so I ended up leaving them behind. And then I was in my head about the fact that I wasn't, you know, didn't have a really tight knit group, which 
in retrospect, I shouldn't have been worrying about this, but it, I guess I had nothing else to think about all day. And so it was on my mind a lot. Um, and I was really excited for the trail to be a social experience. And I really wasn't getting that. And everyone else seemed to be getting that. But anyway, literally a day later, I found an awesome group, found some lovely people in Julian, um, reconnected with people from Scout and Frodo's and everything was fine. So <laughs> the reality of that one was I just needed to calm down a little. Um, another expectation that I kind of had going into this, but I realised might not um, be true this year, was in a continuous footpath on the PCT. I mean, currently I'm sat in a farmhouse in Quincy, Northern California, having hitchhiked 500 miles, 450 miles to get here from uh, Kennedy Meadows. And we are here, me and my group, waiting out the snow for a week and a half or so. Um, but it's been incredible. I mean, what a place to spend some time if you're going to have to take time off a trail. Um, so I've hiked 700 miles so far, skipped about 500, and then we're going to get back on trail uh, in Northern California. Um, my goal is just to hike as much of the trail as I can whilst prioritizing joy and adventure over a purist mindset. Um, I've already had to skip miles because of a wildfire, so I might have to do, well, I will have to do some patching up anyway, and that's, that's okay with me. Um, next thing I'm going to touch on is food. I don't want to talk about this too much because I think we're going to be talking about food a lot more in the future. Um, and, but food has never really been an issue for me, so I didn't think it would be an issue on trail. Um, but actually I've really been struggling to eat. My appetite is only now increasing the last couple of weeks or so after a good six weeks of hiking. Um, the first few weeks in particular were a real struggle to eat enough. I was losing so much weight. I just wasn't hungry and nothing was appealing. And in normal life, this is just the complete opposite. I'm a real big food lover. Um, and so it was, it was weird for me and other people's food bags were shrinking and getting lighter and mine just never seemed to be that light. Every time I'd go into town, I'd have half a bag of food left. Um, and, but town food was my saving grace. I mean, I'm, I was making up the calories there and I've now started to learn to think more carefully about what I'm actually packing out so that my food and lunch and dinner options are actually things I want to eat. And then I'll eat them. And that seems to be working so far. And it's been nice to have some time off on the farm to actually get some nutrition <laughs> back in. Um, but overall, my more big picture expectations of the trip have been fairly consistent with the reality of the hike. I expected to love it. I am. I thought that the wilderness would be phenomenal. And it, it is. And I wanted the people to be great. And they are. So that's three big hitters here. Hello, this is Abby Evans, also known as shitwater fireball queen of the salamanders and i just passed the 400 mile marker which is kind of insane um and this is the expectations versus reality part of the podcast so before the trail my 
therapist would always tell me I had a super idealized version of the trail and he was like you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket and you know what I would put all the eggs in the world into that I owned into the basket of the Appalachian Trail again and I'd make this decision 12,000 times again in my lifetime because it's the best decision of my life so far and it's incredible so if you're thinking about doing it (laughs) just do it just come out here do the research do the planning prepare your body and your mind and start hiking it is incredible so the social experience i was not i was expecting it to be different i was expecting there to be a lot more people at the beginning but i started in april so there was not as many people and i'm really grateful for that now because after experiencing trail days which was incredibly overwhelming and overstimulating i am very glad that i get to know a small number of people on very personal levels and they're all so supportive and it's also just incredible to be out here because it's just kind of the epitome of the human experience like you experience all your emotions so intensely or at least i do just because your body is aching you're tired you're sore all the time and you've still got to make a bunch of miles but you're all suffering together and it's so easy to go up to someone and be like hey how are you are you through hiking and that's like what i do all the time and now i have so many friends out here and the trail just becomes this long winding road of familiar faces that just appear and disappear from your life which also i was not expecting makes it really difficult when somebody gets off trail especially a close member of your family and it can make you very sad it made me super sad and because it means that they're not they're not you're not going to see them again like they're not going to reappear randomly at a resupply or you're not going to turn around at a hostel and see them there or you're not going to be waiting at a shelter and see their friendly face pop up and that can really suck even if they do get off the trail for all the right reasons and it makes it pretty hard sometimes but it also made me realize how important it is to appreciate all the friendships I make out here regardless of how brief and to just appreciate what they bring into my life because all the people I've met have opened my life to so many opened my mind to so many different lives that I can have and that I don't just have to go into like a nine to five and all that other stuff. And I can figure out a way to live and continue to make these through hikes work. (laughs) I'm already thinking about doing another one in the future. I'm loving this so much. And also the trail always feels like home to me because all these sections really remind me of the place that I started backpacking in Blacksburg right on the AT around McAfee's and Dragon's Tooth and Tinker's Cliffs. And it's so sweet because even with all the changing towns, changing faces, changing like scenery and landscape, the trail remains the same. And it's just really sweet that I can feel at home regardless of where I walk. 
it just feels really comforting to me because I would always go out on the trail to find peace of mind when I was in college. And it feels no different out here. And also, the trail also <laughs> brought me to meeting like Chance and Zach and Jennifer Farr Davis and Professor and Anish and all these like amazing trail people that I read their books, listened to the podcasts when I was prepping for the trail at my desk job. And it's just so crazy that now I've actually met all these people in person and they're all just as incredible and cool as they seemed in their books. So yeah, I mean, I love this trail to death and I'm just really grateful to be out here and I'm loving every second of it and trying to appreciate every single footstep that I make and just be present in the here and now. So this is Abby Evans signing off and just super pumped that I'm at 400 miles now. <laughs> Many more to come. It's minstrel. So, expectations versus reality. You know, I really started this hike thinking that my struggles would be mental and physical and that that there would come this like low 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 point and at this point I'm like 730 miles in. I started the Sierra and even at my lowest points, I have not even thought about getting off the trail. Like, I've I've questioned, like, is this for me? And then the answer is still, heck, yes, it is. And I really, I have a rule in my life that if I'm not heck yes for something, then I'm heck no. Um, I use different language for that, but I don't know if that's allowed on this podcast. Um... So every every time I've been asking myself that, even on the bad days, even on the hard days, even when I was stuck in a, in a snow and ice storm outside of Mount Laguna, I was still hiking along, just enjoying it like like a maniac. So I you know, I read Pacific Crest Trials uh, by you know Zach Badger Davis, and I, I made my list of why, and I haven't had to touch that because the the list changed. It it just turned into I'm out here because I love being out here. It's just amazing to wake up every day and think, oh my gosh, I'm on the PCT and see this. Now I'm in the Sierra, so I see these these beautiful mountains around me. But before that, it was just this incredible desert scape with all this incredible nuance and the smells and everything the the snakes the different kind of kinds of snakes the lizards the beautiful little beetles and everything it was just oh man i i was expecting to struggle a lot more the thing that really really blindsided me that i did not even see coming i knew people would be a part of this experience 
but I didn't realize just how outsized of a role they would play. And I'm not, I mean, you know, you can talk about trail angels and whatnot, which, you know, they're wonderful, but this is the other hikers rolling into Kennedy Meadows, getting that applause and being recognized by the people who know what it takes to get there was incredible. Building the most beautiful trail family with myself and Sinead and Pina Colada and Dirty Rafa. And unfortunately, you know, the hardest part was losing them because Dirty Rafa flipped over the Arizona Trail. Pina Colada got ahead of me when I had to take a week off for getting my dog sitter fixed up. Sinead got injured and we were able to reunite and seeing her, the the last remaining member of my trail family, I just, I, I was so happy to see her. I couldn't believe it. And when I, when she got off trail because of injury, I honestly cannot tell you, I just can't believe how hard I cried then. It was, it was really one of the most difficult things I've done on trail to, to lose her. And I continued on into the Sierra with another, with the remainder of the group. And I ended up losing them when I stopped to go to the bathroom. And I realized that, you know, this group of people without Sinead was not going to be the right group for me. And so I had to hoof it back to Kennedy Meadows. It was it was my first 30-mile day, which felt great, but I found a new group of people to hike with, and we're tackling the Sierra together, and it feels amazing to be part of this dynamic, wonderful group of experienced and talented and kind and thoughtful hikers. We wait for each other. We move as a group in the snow. We might not always have the best plans that each other wants, but we find a compromise that works out well for everyone. It's the people out here that I didn't expect to be such a role, and I'm really, really delighted that it is them, the people. Because otherwise, why would you even, like, want to be out here? Why, why would you do this without sharing it in real time with someone? It's absolutely magnificent. Expectations versus reality on the AT. This is a really exciting prompt <laughs> to talk about. I've got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, overall, I would say just at the outset that my expectation was to have a really awesome adventure and really fun time on the AT, and that has certainly been the reality. Um, we've really lucked out this year in 2023, at least with folks who started in early March like I did. We have really good weather. A couple rainy days here and there, but for the most part, it's been just really gorgeous 
the folks that I've met along the trail have been fantastic and everything about it <laughs> has been just the adventure of a lifetime. And now that I'm kind of past some of the initial awkwardness of making new friends, kind of making the mental shift to thinking of each day as its own challenge and not overthinking about <laughs> how long it's going to take me to get to Katahdin, I'm really, 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 really enjoying my experience on the trail. And that's sort of what my expectation was, is to have an amazing adventure. Um, at the same time, I do think there's a lot of misconceptions about the trail that you kind of get from YouTube, Instagram, um, even sometimes Trek articles. That just hasn't been my experience on the trail. Some of them are funny. Some of them are a little bit more serious. Um, but for the most part, <laughs> I think generally the picture you receive about the AT is, is mostly accurate. But here are some things that I think are a little bit a little bit different. Um, one is if you think there's uh, an even gender ratio on the AT, you are fooling yourself. <laughs> I felt like when I started on trail, there was going to be about, you know, a 70, 30 split. I thought it was gonna be mostly guys and, you know, a little bit like about a third women. And that has not been my case or my experience at all. <laughs> um, in our family, we have two women and, they're really like the only two young women that we've met on the trail. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of dudes out here, a lot of veterans, a lot of older retired folks, police officers, firefighters, which is awesome. It's great they're doing the trail. Um, but for the most part, it's been very male-focused. Um, and I don't know if it's just the women tend to start a little bit later or whatever. Maybe it's just the bubble that we're in. But that's something that I felt like watching on YouTube or reading Trek articles. Like, there's got to be a ton of women on trail. And there are not. <laughs> so if you're a woman that's looking to do the AT, um, just I would be mentally prepared for the fact that it's, there's a lot of guys on trail. And there might be some times that you're in a shelter and there's all other guys. So at least folks like in our family, we try to do our best to make a welcoming environment for women. But there's just a lot of guys on trail. And if that will bother you, that's something to, to think about just a little bit. Um, trail difficulty. I would say overall the trail has been about as challenging as I thought it would be. Um, each state is really kind of its own different character when it comes to the trail. So Georgia, I felt like was pretty straightforward. North Carolina, I thought was pretty hard. Um, lots of steep, steep mountain sections and not as many switchbacks. Um, the Smokies were really awesome. I, I don't think the Smokies were really that challenging in the sense that like, I wasn't just completely wiped every day from the trail and the trail itself was really well maintained. But when we were there, it was really icy. Um, and of course, none of us packed spikes. So there was a couple stretches where it took us to an hour to go, even just a mile, because you're worried about sliding off the side of the mountain. <laughs> so that would probably be the most challenging part. Virginia is not flat, but it is easier, I think, than Tennessee and North Carolina. So we've really enjoyed it so far. The mountains change from kind of your standard, just rugged mountains to these ridge and valley mountains where you're up on a ridge for 10 miles, down in a valley for a couple miles, and back up on a ridge for 10 miles. It's really enjoyable, and that's been my favorite part. Uh, but I think the difficulty has been overall about as difficult as I imagined. Um, when it comes to, I think, other romanticized ideas about the trail, um, I think I sort of thought that... Um, you know, it was going to be a real mix of personalities when it came to going into towns, like how people were going to feel about the trail. Um, just I'm from northern or I'm from the northern part of the country. I'm from Wisconsin. And, you know, it's easy to sort of think that the south is this sort of monolith that's, 
you know, nothing like where I live and it's a lot more dangerous. And we haven't really had a ton of experiences like that. Like so far going into towns, everybody's been really, really nice to the hikers. Um, and I know that for the most part, they're trail towns, but even towns that maybe are a little bit further away from trail that we visited, um, folks, when they hear that you're hiking the AT, just want to hear all about your story. And that's been a really pleasant surprise. I didn't really think that that was going to happen. I kind of thought people were going to think, oh, there's just those sweaty, smelly hikers. I don't really want to talk to them, <laughs> which would be very understandable because we are sweaty and smelly. Um, I'm zeroing today, but before today I hadn't showered in six days and hadn't done laundry in 11 days. So definitely understand the fact that folks maybe don't want to talk to us about those things. Um, I think another thing that I was surprised by, and I talked about this in a little bit in a different episode, is just tramley dynamics. Um, I kind of always thought that the Tramley was just this amazing group of people that always got along and it was always happy kumbaya all the time. That hasn't always been my experience. I have a great Tramley. I wouldn't trade them for the world. I love hiking with them. But we definitely have like tough conversations sometimes about mileage or um, sometimes you get frustrated when you're going into town and other folks take longer to resupply than you do and you, but you don't want to leave them behind. Um, that wasn't something I was expecting at all. Um, and it's important to me since I really want to experience the most from the trail uh, that I stay in a tramley and I like this tramley and um, we have to work on those things together to kind of make sure that everyone's having a good time on the trail. So I wasn't expecting that either. I think the last thing I want to say is um, wasn't expecting the sheer amount of trail magic <laughs> on trail. I think I uh, read in a couple books that the AT's kind of gotten out of control with trail magic. I wouldn't agree with that. It's always great to have trail magic. All magic is amazing. But there have been some stretches where we've had trail magic like every single day for five, six, seven days in a row. <laughs> was expecting that to not be quite the case. Um, in Virginia, it slowed down a little bit just because I think there's some longer stretches without roads. Um, but the first couple weeks, it was like we were getting a lot of trail magic. It wasn't until the Smokies that we didn't have trail magic, and that was because there's very, very few roads that go through the Smokies. So that's some of my expectations versus reality. Thanks for listening. Hey there, this is David Ferrari, trail name Good Soup, reporting in from the Appalachian Trail, or should I say Appalachian Trail, because I'm north of the Mason-Dixon line now, around mile 1,105, just past the halfway point. We're talking about expectations versus reality today, so let's get into it. I think, when I think about my expectations for the trail, I think of two different periods the first one was as I was fantasizing about the trail leading up to quitting my job. There's a few months where I was thinking about it and then like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it was definitely an escape idea, a daydream from doing all the office work that wasn't making me happy or fulfilled, or at the very least, my approach to the job was not sustainable and I was feeling burned out. So the trail, I feel like this is a common thing, but the trail was going to be this magical source. I was, I was reading all the blogs 
and everything and all the vlogs and everything I could get my hands on about like, oh, I had this terrible thing and then I, I went on the trail and now life's magically better and everything's great and I love everything and I was like, yeah, that'll be me. I'll go on this soul-searching journey and come back this bright, shiny, brand new person that no one recognizes and it'll all be because of the trail and I'll write a book about it and become a billionaire and it'll all be amazing and everything's going to get fixed and I was like, that was the thought, cause, which in hindsight I can be like, that was totally just like me grasping at sand for anything to get me out of the situation I was in. And I think I remember thinking, I need to quit this job and I just need to quit it now. But if I do it cold turkey, I can't justify it. So if I quit it cold turkey, but say I'm going on the trail, that'll make it work. Plus, I wanted to hike the trail just as a... just it, I, at some point in my lifetime, I wanted to do it, and I was like, now is a great time to do it because I need an excuse to get out of here. Um, so yeah, that was that was totally romanticized, magical thinking about the trail. And then I got home, back to Wisconsin, and picked up um, a job that I knew I could leave within the year. And um, as I was getting ready for the trail and all that other stuff, part of what I did was get a therapist for the third time in my life to um, kind of like get a baseline of who I am and all that other stuff because I wanted to have someone kind of on deck in case I got post-trail depression uh, really bad. Sorry, car. Anyway, so I was basically going in with the concept of like, hey, let me give you my general spiel, but mostly I just need you to, I just want to have to skip all this when I come back from the trail. But as I was going through that and we were working things out, just in general, getting to know me, we worked through a lot of like bigger picture stuff I didn't realize was affecting me or had been affecting me. And so not to be like, I had no mental hangups anymore, but like it really took a lot of weight off that I didn't realize was on my mind about my life in general. So then I was still getting ready to go to the trail. But whereas before the trail was pulling me with its promises of fixing me and making me all better and all that other magical stuff I said before, um, I no longer had as strong of a push from home it wasn't like, I got to get out of here. Let me hop the trail. It was now like, oh, well, home's pretty nice. And I get to be here with my, my parents and my cats. And that's pretty good. And uh, my coworkers at my job are really helping me through this. Um, so that was a new expectation was, well, I don't need the trail anymore because life here is getting pretty good. But I, I still kind of feel like I I need to do the trail because I've set up all this time for it and I want to prove that I can do it and I still want this adventure. I just don't want it to, you know, fairy dust my life. And I, I, I was now coming in grounded that I, my life didn't need to be fixed. I just needed to make choices that better served me. So that was a bit of a change with how I was, you know, so I, suddenly I just didn't really have any expectations for the trail outside of like, I will hike it and I will have new experiences 
and I will adapt and my legs will become sculpted steel due to hiking the mountains. Like, that was basically it. So it was a little weird being like, I don't really have any expectations, like serious expectations anymore. And the other big thing um, that kind of took me by surprise is when I left my job, um, I was single and I was like, I'm going to be single on the trail. But then I met Abby uh, while I was back in Wisconsin getting ready and, you know, needless to say, fell head over heels in love. And so that hadn't been on my radar at all was how do you uh, manage a long-distance relationship while hiking this trail? I had been in long-distance relationships before. I just It wasn't on my radar of uh, um, just managing it while doing this big of a hike that meant this much to me. So... That, I mean, that's a pleasant surprise because I, I, you know, I had another person in my corner back home, but now instead of this feeling of like, oh, t you know, I don't have anything waiting for me, you know, desperately, no, I shouldn't say desperately, I don't have anything like waiting for me back home that I feel like I need to rush back to. And now it's like I have that, that inner thought of like, as soon as I'm done with this trail, I get to come back home to her. Uh... And she's very good at reminding me of like, yes, I want you home too, but I don't want to be a reason that you rushed back home and didn't get the full experience. So it's that both of us being like, yeah, I know that I should take my time and I am taking my time, but oh, I, <laughs> there are days I wish the trail was shorter so I could be back home. Um, so that, that's been a pleasant surprise, truthfully. Um, and I didn't realize that that was... I knew the trail was a mental slog like, at times. But, like, out here, like, I'm not... Like, like, I didn't get the Virginia Blues or anything, I felt. Like, I'm enjoying every day and, I'm, you know, taking everything resupply to resupply, even up to this point. Like, it, it's it's fun being out here and doing this. So, the the mental hurdle of, like wanting to be somewhere else when I thought that that wouldn't be the case when I was out here uh, kind of took me off guard. I, I had a, a few crying phone calls back home to uh, to my, my support team, you know, my, my mom, my sister, Abby, um, talking about it. But thankfully with um, getting medical treatment every eight weeks, I get to go back home and see everyone for a little bit. And Abby actually just came out for a week um, with our close friend. So I got to see her for a while, take a few zeros, share the trail with her for a bit. Um, which is honestly really needed because I just needed some <laughs> solid time instead of just, hey, um, let me see you for two minutes or, you know, a few hours and then I got to get back to the trail. So, um, have I addressed this prompt? at this point. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was waxing poetically about how much I miss my girlfriend. Because <laughs> um, that, that's that's been the biggest thing that, that took me off guard on this trail was how much I would I would miss her and uh, how much it would impact the trail. Otherwise, let me let me just go through here. Like physically, I knew I was gonna take it easy and warm up to the trail and that met expectations of yep, eight miles a day and slowly increase to the point where 20s feel like, oh, I guess I'll just do 20 today. It's, it's just kind of a shrug distance to go. 
and, uh, yeah, so, I'd say overall, um, my expectations have been met in terms of I'm having a good time and I'm glad I'm out here and I don't really want to leave by virtue of what the trail's providing, uh, but I'm surprised by how strongly what's off trail, uh, is calling me back home, but I'm really happy that I have that calling me back home as opposed to before where, um, I was just anything to get away from where I was living and working. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm feeling pretty hashtag blessed <laughs> in this moment. And having done that, I am thankfully, I think I hear the, the lo-fi music indicating a transition here. So thanks everyone for listening. This is Good Soup signing off from the AT. Be well. This is Mary, and this is my assignment five, expectations versus reality. Well, I got to say just offhand, um, as far as any romanticized ideas about the trail, it's kind of been about the same from what I've always expected it. Even my first time around, I didn't really have any romanticized ideas, but I wasn't watching any YouTubers or reading blogs. I just kind of learn more about the terrain versus like the culture of through hiking. So I didn't really have any expectations. Now, as far as like comparing 2017 to this year, I would say I definitely did have romanticized ideas. I thought the trail was going to be in much better condition than it was. And it really wasn't. Um, I th- think with a lot of the fires and whatnot, a lot of the volunteer trail maintenance has kind of just not been there like it was. I know when I was volunteering in Washington for trail maintenance, it was hard getting people to volunteer. I was like the youngest, one of the youngest people every single year for my group. And I was like 40, 41 and 42. A lot of the people that were volunteering were in their like 60s or 70s and they never even hiked the the PCT. So if you live in California and you can volunteer, it would be great. It is really hard to get people to volunteer, especially in certain areas. So if you can, please do. And as far as other, I guess, expectations, I would say um, I think COVID had changed a lot of people's attitudes, I think, or friendliness. Um, I found people on trail this year to be not as friendly as they were in 2017 and definitely a little bit more isolated either to them and their partner. Like if there's a couple, the couples tended to be together and not really want to socialize. And I'm not saying all couples were like that. I just found like in the beginning, it was really like that. Um, I found like I was the one who's having to say hi to people, whereas before everybody was always trying to say hi to everybody and kind of wanting to know who you are and be in your business. And this time around, everybody was just kind of like separate. Even the, um, I guess the tramleys themselves, this year they were just kind of in themselves, not really wanting to socialize with other people unless one of the other people, one of the people in the group knew somebody else. Then I saw people kind of interacting, but like in 2017, tramways were interacting with everybody. And what else is there? Um, 
I also felt like out of the 50 people that started a day, maybe 25 started. So there was also way less people on trail and everybody was kind of scattered. So it just seemed like there was hardly nobody on trail. And then when you'd go to town, normally there'd be like a ton of hikers everywhere. And this time it felt like I couldn't really, you didn't really notice hikers unless they were out eating and that would be it. When in 2017, that's all you saw. The whole towns were always just a ton of hikers and that's it. And one of the other questions, I guess, for what you asked, have things been easier or harder as I imagined? I felt like they're definitely a little bit harder for me. I think after the nostalgia wore off from what I used to remember it being and how it felt on trail, it was just kind of harder for me to be on trail because I already done it and the need to want to like, or be enthusiastic to do sections just kind of fell apart and I just didn't really care and I was trying to hurry up and do miles and wanting to rush through sections but then I have a hiking partner and it just seemed like he wanted to take his time and I didn't I just wanted to breeze by so there was also just the the issue of me wanting to push and my hiking partner didn't want to push and so I just felt like I was kind of being forced I mean, not really being forced, but compromising in a way I didn't want to compromise to go slower than I really wanted to. We were honestly averaging like on days we were going into town seven miles and the days we weren't going into town like 13 to 15 miles. And for me, I wasn't even doing that the first time around. I honestly usually average 20 miles. And so since I wasn't exercising or training, it was, we were going to go slow and build up more and more and more. And unfortunately, my partner had a breakup with his girlfriend. And I felt that kind of caused his attitude to be like, well, I'm not in a hurry. But it's like, I do have somebody and I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend forever on trail because we're only doing almost, you know, averaging 10 to 15 miles a day because he has nothing to go home to. The one thing that I think did really surprise me was that... In the beginning, I did want a hiking partner, but then like now that I even think about it more was I really didn't want a hiking partner. I mean, it was kind of, it's kind of nice to have that security there, but I think I just, there's a part of me that didn't want to have to like check in with somebody. I just kind of wanted to do what I wanted to do when I felt like it rather than have a discussion in the morning or the night before about what the plans were for the next day. Like, okay, we're going to start hiking at this time. We're going to take a break at this time. We're going to do this many miles before lunch. And then we're going to camp at this mile. Sometimes I just wanted to do six miles, then take a break, maybe hike more miles, and then maybe either camp earlier or later than I'd wanted because I wanted to do more or less miles. And I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But again, I just didn't want to go through having to like, check with somebody. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do and that would be it. And I also left my hiking partner behind um, or I left him uh, before Wrightwood. He ended up having to go off trail to do something with his tooth. And for me, I was just kind of dealing with that issue of do I continue or do I wait? And I really didn't want to wait. I wanted to push my miles. I was ready to kind of just do what I wanted to do and just... I guess being a different bubble and meet different people. And I'm honestly glad that I did because I met some people that were pretty great. We actually had a good time here in Tehachapi and we did karaoke on our last, 
night together and it was a really good time. And had I waited and not kind of done what I wanted to do, I would have never met these people and I'm not going to see them again. So it was really nice just to kind of hike with them on and off for like a couple of weeks and then hang out with them before I leave. So I also thought it was kind of surprising to me how many people did actually have expectations or these little fantasies about what they thought trail life was going to be like. I guess for me, not really trying to have them. That's always been important. I guess me just growing up poor, that was just something or some way I've always been where I try not to have expectations about anything so I don't get disappointed. But so many people just had these expectations that they were going to find these tramleys or hiking partners and it was going to be this great big party and quite a few people actually didn't have hiking partners. They didn't find people and they weren't having a good time. So if a few people were either left dealing with wanting to leave because they weren't the trail wasn't what they thought it was going to be with people and, or even just some people thought hiking was going to be easy and I just don't understand how you can go into wanting to do the PCT and somehow in your head you didn't think it was going to be hard to me nothing about the PCT is easy it's hard it's hard mentally it's hard physically it's hard emotionally it's And I should just probably leave it at that. (laughs) Hey listeners, this is uh, Derek Wittemann, trail name Witch Doctor here. Uh, reporting in, we're talking about uh, expectations versus reality on the trail. Um, I guess one of the first expectations was, uh, I guess I didn't think I was going to take three weeks to get a trail name, um, but that's how long it took. Uh, trail name's Witch Doctor. was really kind of avoiding wanting to have a name that had anything to do with my, my profession, but I uh, uh, had a friend, uh, Hammer, that suggested it. Um, and everybody that I told, because I was kind of using it as like a placeholder, um, everybody I told the name to loved it and said it was awesome. So that's what it is now. I am Witch Doctor. Um, other expectations versus reality. Um, I wasn't expecting weight of your pack or anything like that to be that big of a deal. Pound here, two pounds there. Uh, but it really does add up and it's actually a very big deal. And it's wild how after just a couple weeks on the trail, um, you can notice just a one or two pound difference uh, with the weight of your pack. Um, also was not expecting to lose 20 pounds, get back down to my base weight of like 190 pounds in under three weeks, uh, but that happened. And I've been hanging around kind of my base weight uh, ever since then. It'll, I'll get into a town, we'll eat a whole bunch and it'll go up 10 pounds and then a week on the trail to go back down 10 pounds. So I guess I'm, I'm fluctuating kind of right around where I, where I normally sit. Um, hygiene, uh, I guess I expected to smell awful all the time and I, I don't, I guess you don't really smell yourself. I can smell everybody else around me and everybody else around me smells awful. Um, I'm sure I am no exception to them. I'm sure I smell awful to everybody else, but you don't really smell yourself. So I guess that's that's okay. I'm okay with that in my book. Um, as far as injuries, uh, I would expect like 
and overuse injuries, kind of things like I went into the trail having, like Achilles issues and knee things to, to get worse and worse and worse over time. Um, but that's not really the reality I'm experiencing. From day to day, I kind of notice something that will hurt. And then after a night's rest, it doesn't really hurt the next day or the pain seems to migrate somewhere else. So I'm not really having something that's like a nagging injury uh, day after day after day, other than maybe my right knee, but it's some days are good and some days are bad. Um, so uh, not awful all around. Uh, expectations from a Tramley standpoint. I don't know why I expected to just fall into a Tramley right away. Um, in retrospect, that's uh, was probably a silly expectation to have. Um, it took me about three weeks to fall into the my current Tramley that I've been with uh, for the last two weeks. Um, I guess there's a lot more that goes into a lot of factors that go into picking a tramway. Obviously you need to fall in with people that hike in and around the same speed that you're going, uh, take around the same amount of intended zeros. And also you want to like the people that you're hiking with. Um, and, uh, I've met a ton of cool people out here, but I've also met some people I would not want to hike with for longer than an hour. So, uh, uh, it's, it's a microcosm of, uh, anywhere else out here. And there's, there's people that you're going to like and people that you're not going to like. So, uh, it took me personally about three weeks to find that tramway and not mad about it. I'm happy with what we've got going right now. Um, as far as food, uh, I didn't really have any expectations, um, reality wise with food. Um, I'm definitely enjoying Trown me town meals more than I, I figured I would, uh, just demolishing hot food, uh, like it's going out of style. Um, and as far as food on the trail, I haven't gotten sick of anything yet. Um, I did get sick, uh, eating a, a cold bag of meatballs, um, that came back up. Uh, so we're not going to make that mistake again and I'm not going to get meatballs anymore, but, um, you know, granola bars, uh, candy bars, gummy snacks. Uh, I don't think I could ever get tired of those. Uh, I mean, I, I say that 40 days and will ask me again, uh, in another 40 to 80 days and we'll see. Um, and then lastly, as far as, uh, the views, um, what did I expect? Uh, I didn't, again, didn't really have a whole lot of expectations. I've found that uh, the views are probably less frequent um, than I expected, uh, but they're better when you eventually do get to the views. So um, you're in kind of a green tunnel, which you guys makes, makes this different from the PCT or CDT. Uh, but when you get to Balds or Max Patch or anything like that, and just you have this unobstructed 360 degree views it just makes it all that much more special um as far as uh things that are easier or harder uh i didn't realize that trekking poles were gonna make things so much easier hiking wise um i always thought people that hike with trekking poles are are old and i i guess i'm an old person now because i'm not going back this trail would be significantly harder without trekking poles um, and as far as things that I'm surprised about, uh, 
I think I'm a better person on the trail. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I, I find myself picking up trash, uh, picking up after others, um, being a good steward of the trail. It's just, it's, it's so beautiful out here that you just, you want to take care of it and, and, and keep it and preserve it the way that it is for other people and future generations. Um, and I guess I'm surprised that I'm adjusting to sleeping on the ground. The first week or so was uncomfortable in my sleep system, but I don't know if it's just fatigue and not caring at the end of the day or just I'm getting used to it, but uh, sleeping on the ground, I'm surprised has gotten easier. Um, but that's it for me. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Witch Doctor over and out. Okay, again, I tell you something about what I expected from the trail and what this really is. So I knew it would be exhausting, but I have never thought that this would be so exhausting with the weight on my back, the aches in my shoulders the first weeks. The aches in my back and the backpack, which doesn't get any lighter one day. I haven't expected the small trails. You never see an end because you only see the trail and the trees around. Sometimes it scares me and then I'm afraid not to reach the next shelter, not to reach the next shelter in time before it's getting dark. I'm afraid to miss a shelter and pass it before I haven't seen the sign. Often I'm so unsure with all the things I have to do. Have I enough food? Have I enough gear for the stove? Sometimes I have the feeling to get lost on the way. And then I'm so glad that I have my dog by my side. Mostly she knows the way over the big rocks and she leads me. I'm so lucky that she's here sometimes. That she's here. Sometimes I feel so lonely. And then suddenly there's another hiker who helps me. It feels so good to meet a tray magic. It is so fantastic. Suddenly, you are not alone anymore. People are so nice and helpful. One day, for example, Franklin, I asked a woman how I can get to Walmart. She couldn't tell me the way, and she uh, gave me, uh, me a ride to the Walmart. And one day... Um, It was or it was raining all the day and it was so wet, the dog was wet. And then we came to a parking gap and there was a small tray magic with a little fire where we can um, warm up and we get got some snacks and drinks. It was really fine. And then the woman offered um, to um, take my backpack to the next hostel and, and I could uh, go... Um, without any pack on my back to the hostel. It was nearly eight miles. And um, yes, it was fantastic. It was really fantastic because I was so, so tired. The dog was wet and Tilly didn't, didn't want to walk anymore. And then um, it was so fast that we can go when we um, reached the hostel. So and that's, that's um, all these makes, I think, um, it's so, so beautiful. And that makes um, so Russell 
to make the hike, I think. Because um, on the one side, on one side, it's so hard, and um, then I think, um, why, why, why I do this? And then I, then the other side, the trail magic, the the other hikers, uh, just people who are so nice and helpful, and um, yes, I think that's that's good that I decided to do the trail. Okay, you hear from me again. Ciao. This is Summer reporting to you live from Hikertown on the PCT, mile 517. Um, currently just enjoying a little bit of relaxation before we head out to do the aqueduct in about an hour and a half tonight. Our uh, glow sticks just got delivered, so very exciting. Um, but today we're talking about expectations versus reality on the trail. And my expectations going into the trail were that I would have amazing views, and I would have the time of my life, and I would meet tons of cool people, and honestly so far it's been living up to that. The views are incredible, um, the hiking is honestly easier than I was expecting, and the people have been really cool. Um, I would say what has surprised me has been how social of an experience it's been. I thought I would definitely be a lot more independent um, out here and just kind of do my own thing a bit more, which I definitely started out doing, but I've kind of found a really cool group and it's just been fun hiking with them. And I also thought beforehand that I would be like super purist and would not skip or do any little things like that but I've already done a little a little uh, shortcut today to get in here so I can do the aqueduct tonight instead of tomorrow and like honestly I'm okay with that I feel like I kind of prefer to go by like rules of the CDT in that as long as you're walking you know in the right direction and on a trail in the general general vicinity I don't think it necessarily has to be on the exact trail 100% of the time. Um, and I'm just kind of here for an adventure, so who cares? That being said, I have done... I literally have only missed, like, three trail miles, so really not that big of a deal. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that's been kind of surprising how social it's been. But um, it's been really fun. And I only have... a you know, another 150 miles or so of hiking with most of these people, since most of us are all flipping and skipping and jumping around, um, either at Walker Pass or Kennedy Meadows, so I've just kind of realized, like, I want to really savor the rest of the desert with them, and then, you know, we'll all do our own thing, and it'll probably be a different experience going southbound, um, which is my plan to go southbound from Canada down after I do this section um, but yeah no so far the expectations have uh, 
lived up to the reality. I mean, it's definitely like hard, you know, sometimes and there's big feelings, but overall still every day, I just think to myself, like there's literally nowhere else I'd rather be. So overall living way up to expectations in every way. But um, yeah, that is all for me for now. Until next time, this is Summer signing out. it's morning here. This is Allie, aka TC, aka Appalachian Adventurista. I am currently at Quarry Gap Shelter, which is very freshly into Pennsylvania, so I'm into a new state here. I am currently kind of meandering around, letting my legs wake up, listening to the birds this morning. I hope that you can hear them. Uh, today we're talking about expectations versus uh, reality. And I think that that is such an important thing to be talking about on trail because, um, like a lot of people, I put in a ton of research, arguably too much. Um, I'm sure some folks would think so, uh, before the trail. And I was doing so in an effort to prepare myself for the hardships and to figure out commonalities of gear that was specifically sent home from people and, things like that that could help kind of guide me as I head into my first through hike. And what I didn't quite realize that was doing was that was setting me up with some preconceived ideas about how things were supposed to go and what to expect. And so I'm recognizing now that I am almost halfway through this grand adventure that I had some very specific ideas about how the AT was going to look. Um, without meaning to or realizing it. And I think that that happens naturally for a lot of people. Um, so I was going to talk through some of those today. I think to start with, we'll start with just the physical side. Uh, I, this is actually the aspect that I think I, I did well. Um, I basically just set my expectations at the bottom of the tank. <laughs> I thought it was going to be I, I prepared myself for it to be so incredibly hard and no matter what, you know, physical training I did beforehand, I just had set myself up with the expectation that it was going to kill me and uh, I'm still alive. So we're, you know, above the bar um, <laughs> and it's been basically exactly going how I expected um, and I set up my expectations so that I could only be I could only exceed expectations, basically. And so that has been happening um, in terms of the physical side of uh, completing a through-hike or, or through-hiking. I haven't completed it yet. <clears throat> um, the emotional and the mental side has definitely been a little bit more of a learning curve. Uh, I knew that there were going to be things that popped up, and I knew that there wasn't really a way for me to prepare myself for the headspace that I would be in once I'm out here. Uh, and I did, um, go to therapy before I started the Appalachian Trail. I considered it like my mental health checkup basically. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that. And 
I don't think that there is anything that can actually prepare you for the amount of alone time that you end up with out here, or at least I should say that I did. I had a lot of time for introspection and a lot of space to chew on things that I hadn't totally put to bed, basically. And that's something that kind of came out of the blue because I've ended up re-experiencing, I'll say, um, some things that I thought I had processed efficiently and put away. And as it turns out, there's still some things like grief that needed to be had and, and some sadness that needed to be let out and joy also for other things that needed to be expressed. And that's not something that I think anyone can prepare for. So that's been probably the biggest area of surprise being out here and discovering that about trail life and discovering things like that about myself. Overall, I would say that I, I do think that I romanticized the trail before I came out here. And I think I, I, I didn't do so overly. Um, I, I say that in the sense that whatever romanticized ideas I had about the trail disappeared very quickly. And I think that that's partially because my first week was so brutally cold and it just kind of snapped, at least to me, I can't speak for others, out of the preconceived idea that any side of this AT experience was going to be a walk in the park when the first 10 nights on trail um, did not get above 20 degrees. So that was a pretty quick awakening that happened on the trail. And I'm glad it did um, because once, you know, that was out of the way, the actual trail experience started to kick in and the trail started to do its thing. So um, I've been really grateful for it. I think I, uh, well, I'm, I know that more things will come up as the trail goes on, but as the longer I'm out here, the more comfortable I feel with change and the more comfortable I'm getting in my own headspace, which is good. The stronger my legs are, the more prepared I am to face and walk through emotions. And yeah, I think, I think I had a lot of expectations and the reality is, you know, not always the same, but I'm out here and I am doing my best to live this reality as deeply and thoroughly as I can. All right, until next time. Panther checking in from her little tiny cabin in Willow, Alaska. This week is expectation versus reality, which is a bit fitting as I did not expect to be in my cabin in Willow, Alaska in the middle of my through hike, but my reality is that I am here. For a bit of an update, at this point I have finished the desert. I chose to complete my desert portion at Walker Pass, as I'm not going into the Sierra at this point. It's just too much snow for my hip and my health this year. 
And so I decided to come out at Walker Pass instead of Kennedy Meadows just due to the ease of getting on and off trail there versus a very remote location. That puts me at about 650 miles of the PCT, which I'm super proud of. But an even bigger deal to me is between this and the trails I hiked in Europe earlier this year, I'm at a thousand miles for the year. This is my biggest year backpacking ever. Though I've done a lot of long distance trails in the past, my body's never physically been able to go over a thousand miles. Now, can it really do it this year? I don't know. Um, part of the reason I'm back in Alaska is I was having a lot of hip pain again. Upon x-ray, the part of my hip that wasn't quite healed before is now got a big gap of non-healed where the bone is supposed to be. Um, not ideal, painful to walk on, not sure if I'm doing any damage. Um, I sent some x-rays to my surgeon in St. Louis and I'm waiting to hear whether or not I'm cleared to hike more or if this is more concerning and I need to be taking some rest. I'm not supposed to be backpacking until I hear that information. I'll also come up to get a couple other medical things done. And most of the trail is just covered in snow still. And my hip just gets really tired and really painful in the snow pretty quick. I've been watching how things have been going in Oregon and Washington. And Washington's the part of the trail that's melting out the fastest. So I actually secured myself a southbound permit and when I get cleared to be back on trail I will be heading south from the Canadian border and hiking as far as I can this year. I am not being able to pull the miles I would need to be able to do a full southbound hike before I kind of do eventually need to go back to work. So I will just be getting as much of the trail done as I can this year. Um, but I have a permit to do the whole thing if for some reason my body just decides to hike more or if there's just so many fire closures that I get ahead of myself. So expectation versus reality. This is my fourth year trying to be on the PCT. Third year I've laid feet on it. So at this point I think my expectations pretty leveled out. Um, I love hiking. I love sleeping on the ground. I love just walking all day and just existing in the world that is through hiking. But I have the body that I have and it doesn't love hiking as much as I do. So um, I guess I'm kind of on a wait to see whether or not I can do enough this year to call it a hike or if we're going to try again next year. I'm really hoping on staying on trail this year. Overall, the trail itself has been hard this year. The realities of a very high snow year and not being the most able-bodied person has led a lot of flippy-flopping and now hanging out in Alaska waiting for more snow to melt. So I guess that's a lot of my surprises is just how I just haven't been able to have the traditional through-hike of starting at one end and just walking forward until you reach the other end. And that's the reality of my body and what I'm doing out here. Um, so it's been a lot of accepting things as they come. 
being proud of myself, of what I can do, and just really, really enjoying the time I have out there. Met some really amazing people, made some really good friends. I've really enjoyed hiking on my own. I've done a few sections with other people, and while they are wonderful people, I'm definitely a solo hiker. I just kind of have to go the pace of me, and that's not always the pace of other people. Um, big trail families are cool, not really my thing. Met a lot of really cool people. I've enjoyed hiking with for a few days, but then either I go a little faster or they go a little faster, and we go on our own ways. So if you're of the expectation of just getting on one side and hiking to the other and the reality of, well, I'm back in Alaska and hoping to get back on trail soon. Panther signing out till next time. Hello everyone, this is Emily Russo-Miller, aka Slinky, my new trail name. Um, I was going to talk about today's theme of expectation versus reality, um, but actually something happened to me that I thought would be good to give listeners a little insight into, um, but I am currently off trail at, because I injured my knee. Um, so I thought I'd talk about that a bit in this episode, especially for anyone who's experienced injuries on trail and how they deal with it. Um, yeah. So um, I, on day 19, injured myself. Um, I was having a pretty phenomenal time on the flip-flop, making lots of friends, um, just really, to be honest, kind of thriving out there. <laughs> it felt amazing to be out on trail. Uh, my body doing absolutely terrific. The weather, pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah, so it was a great, great start to a trip. Um, and I was having no issues at all, you know, with my um, body or legs or anything. But as I mentioned in that intro episode, I do have what I call junk knees. You know, I have uh, advanced arthritis in both my knees and um, I'm what's known also as a coper. I had, you know, my ACL was torn, you know, I tore it and then I retore it a year later and I never had surgery. I just cope with the injury with physical therapy and um, other stuff like that. Um, yeah, so uh, I was on day 19. Actually, I'm not exactly sure what day it was, but basically I went down a very steep hill and I didn't really think anything about it. I knew it was like super steep. <laughs> um, it was into Port Clinton, Pennsylvania. And um, yeah, I just took it really slow. No big deal. I was listening to music, having a good time. And then when I got to the bottom, the flat part, I did notice that like my knee felt a little funky. Um, it felt like kind of like loose or something. Um so I did take a zero um, in that town. You know, I did not push it. I just stopped right there. Uh, luckily there, I saw in far out that there was a sheep farm on trail uh, or pretty much like seven miles from trail. So the sheep farmers came and picked me up and I zeroed in a little cottage at their place. Um, so the next day I took the full zero. You know, I did 14 miles into Port Clinton, zeroed the next day, and then I continued on my way. 
Um, and I think that would have been June 1st. Um, so day 18 or 19 of trail. And yeah, just like it was steep coming down, it was also steep going back up. But honestly, again, no big deal. You know, I just take it slow and, and I'm enjoying myself. It's a beautiful morning. But right as I'm like almost at the top, like 200 feet away, um, which I never would have even noticed. But, you know, now I've like re-looked at where I've been. <laughs> um, yeah, and just over a few steps, like one, two, three, four, five, my knee gave out like over the course of like those few steps. Um, so it was a pretty, uh, you know, I was pretty stunned when it happened. Um, and I just kind of took my heavy pack off, you know, which was heavy from the resupply during my zero day. And I just kind of like sat on the mountain and tried to like figure this out. I think I was up there for like one to three hours or so. <laughs> Uh, you know, not moving from my spot. And yeah, and I tested out like walking without the pack on. And sure enough, I could not bear weight on my right leg. So that was, you know, uh, for sure a fact, you know, um, that I couldn't delude myself from. <laughs> um, so I knew I could no longer go on, you know, that day. Um, and I, at that point, I was like, okay, what do I have to do to get myself down off this mountain? Um, so I did hobble back down to town and, uh, took about, you know, it took me like 30 minutes to get up there and like two and a half hours to get back down. <laughs> um, so I went back to the place, the cottage on the farm, and I stayed there for that, the rest of that day and that evening. And then the whole next day, um, I was hopeful that I could get back out on trail and that maybe it was just like a little twinge and, you know, maybe it would just recover very quickly by a miracle of God. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't, um, sadly, and I was still in the same place as when I first injured it uh, two days later. So um, I was very fortunate. You know, my parents live in Pennsylvania, and they were in, they live an hour and a half away from Port Clinton. So on Saturday morning, they swung by and scooped me up and took me back to their place, and I'm talking to you now from their home. <laughs> so, um you know, I know that doesn't sound good, um, but I do have a few reasons to be optimistic that I can get back out on trail. Um, I did go to the urgent care today and the doctor told me um, that I had twisted my knee and because I have arthritis in my knees already, it just was like excruciating pain. You know, it just caused this huge flare up. And I also have a bone bruise, which I had never heard of, but it's basically symptoms very similar to a fracture, but it, it is not a fracture. Um, so yeah, I, this is kind of new to me and I'm still trying to figure it out. But the doctor today was like very confident I'd be back out there soon. So it's kind of hard to believe for me because I'm still hobbling around. <laughs> Um, so basically I am at home right now, you know, my parents' home. And, you know, my number one priority is doing physical therapy and taking these pills that the doctor gave me to get myself back out there. Um, so, yeah, that's my update. Um, we will see what happens. You know, it is possible if it does take a longer recovery time that I will actually ditch the flip-flop idea, even though I love the flip-flop and it was going very, very well. And I'll go up to Maine and just go Sobo for the whole trip. And I'll redo the 200 miles that I did. did. And um, yeah, so that's my plan. And yeah, I just need my knee and my leg to get as strong as possible before continuing on. <laughs> 
All right, guys, wish me luck and I'll update you in a few weeks. All right, bye. There she goes again, y'all. Another episode in the books. Join us next time when we'll delve into the social experience our correspondents have been having on trail. This topic has been alluded to and briefly mentioned in many other previous episodes, but this focused prompt will be sure to provide some interesting insight into what it's like to be around others during this 2023 hiking season. Until then, I am forever and always your intrepid host, Moron. Happy trails, y'all.